The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I... Yes, good evening and welcome to Big Footy Power podcast. You're here with Bevo. And uh, Rick's unfortunately not able to join us this week, so I've got my regular man back in lo- back on on the line again, Cam the man. It's great to have you back again. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here, mate. Yes, did miss you, folks, last week. Um, did, did have a bit of a listen though, so. Good job, but yeah, great to be back on again, Bevo. Good, good, to, good to be chatting with you, mate. Yes, indeed, mate. Uh, we had a good win, of course, against the Blues on Saturday by 21 points, and unfortunately the Magpies went down to Norwood. A disappointing last quarter, we'll talk, talk about that a bit later on, but we'll firstly get stuck into the other AFL games on the weekend. We saw a couple of real upsets, and it all started on on, on Thursday night with the Tigers beating Sydney. That was pretty predictable in the end. Sydney winning, uh, Richmond winning that, that one by 26 points, but... Probably one of the upsets of the round was on Friday night with the Dogs holding on for a cracking two-point win over the Cats, which is great for Port, of course, because the Cats are you know fighting for us for a top-four berth. And it's really good to see the Dogs get this one uh, because last week they lost in real heartbreaking circumstances to the Roos by three points in a game they should have won. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been just as Cam if they'd lost that one two weekends in a row. Oh, how good. How good was it that game on Friday night, mate? Um, it, was a, it was an absolute belter, wasn't it? And then obviously Harry Taylor missing the goal after the siren. You felt you felt for the poor guy, but yeah, definitely wouldn't have been justice if the if the dogs didn't lose, didn't win that one. Oh, look, I was talking about it with people. I was, oh, it was probably probably my second favourite uh, finish to a to a game this season. Obviously, the showdown was the big one. But, yeah, Harry Taylor's lining up, and you're thinking, look, Harry Taylor's spent most of his time as a backman, and now he's here to kick the winning goal. This could be a real fairy tale. <laughs> and it wasn't to be. So, um, yeah, pretty disappointing finish for the Cats. But, I mean, it was great. It was great for footy. And, yes, you know, the, the Bulldogs have been struggling a little bit, and we know that. And, uh, look, regardless, as you say, it was, it was good because... Geelong, it was, Geelong's a team that we're fighting for a spot with, so it worked in our favour and it was great to watch. Yeah, most definitely. And in the other games, Collingwood defeated the Gold Coast Suns by 39 points, uh, so they're second on the ladder. We'll talk about the ladder in a moment. And the Giants defeated the Hawks by 11 points, so well done to the Giants because obviously they're missing their star Jeremy Cameron for five weeks. And the Saints defeated the Deeds. We play the Saints this week, so that's going to be a ripping game on Saturday afternoon. But the Saints being the D's by two points, that's that's another one that's huge for us because we, we beat Melbourne last week and so they've lost a few in a row now and they're starting to slump a bit. They've uh, gone all the way down to seventh now, so good for our top four aspirations for them to lose as well, Cam. Yeah, I almost thought Melbourne might have been a, a shoe-in for the eight. Now they're, they're very much back in the mix, so... Yeah, that was an interesting result. Their last few games, and what's that three in a row for them or something? They they flogged Carlton by about a hundred points, over a hundred points, um, before they played us, and they haven't won a game since. Now, uh, the Saints have have been good. Uh, I've the couple of I haven't watched a lot of them this season, but their comeback yesterday 
was obviously a, a good win for them. I saw them also fight it out against West Coast a few weeks back too. The Saints seem to have the the ability to, to continue and just they, they seem to run it out all, all the way to the end, mate. There's some good signs for St Kilda. Yeah, most definitely. They, that's the second uh, close win for them in a row now because they also defeated the Gold Coast Suns a few weeks ago. That was before their buy, and that was by the same margin, two points. So, yeah, we certainly can't go into this game this Saturday against the Saints uh, being complacent. We only have to remember last year's game when Robbie Gray and Ryder, of course, had an amazing goal at the end of the game, but, like just got us over the line. That could have been a, a totally different result if that didn't happen. So, yeah, the Saints are playing some good footy, and it's going to be a, a ripping contest that afternoon at Adelaide Oval. It worried me a bit when I saw that the Saints had won because I thought, oh, we, we, yeah, we, we had this game against Carlton where I, I think, I don't know if you were like me, we'll talk about that game shortly, but uh, I was a little bit on edge for most of it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with, with that one against St Kilda last year, we've had, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not particularly keen for a hard stop for this week. I, I'd like <laughs> to see a good, uh, yeah, maybe a good 10-goal lead at halftime and, uh, and yeah. then we go from there. Yeah, I don't know, don't know if that's going to happen, but anyway, we'll talk about that one afterwards. And another huge upset, um, what about this one? I know Frio lost Sandland before the game and Fife got injured during the game. Of course, their Brownlee medal star and two of their best players out. But to Brisbane's credit, to win by 55 points over there in Perth, first time they've done that in a very long time, and their second win of the season, full credit to Brisbane because they've had a you know pretty tough season. They've only won the two games, but I reckon they've been pretty good. They... Could have beaten us quite easily, and they've been another another couple of games. They only just lost to Collingwood by seven points, so they've shown that they're good enough to take it right up to the best sides. Um, so well done to the Brisbane, and I think I really reckon that Luke Hodges making a huge difference to their backline because he's having a pretty good year himself, and some of the guys just seem to be taking their footy to another level there at Brisbane. What's your thoughts on them, Ken? Yeah, really well done to Brisbane. I know the the Frio. <laughs> People over here, obviously I live in WA, people, there's this, this little inkling or bit of confidence about Freo and they, they sort of just tease a little bit and then they, they pull back and say, oh, we, we weren't really that good. And um, they've, they've done that again this week. There's this big fallout from it. But Brisbane, you're right, have been, there's games where they've been quite good and quite competitive. You talk about Luke Hodge. This week they didn't have Harris Andrews, who's just turning into a really good defender. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, they really showed a lot. So it was three were down and out, and I wasn't surprised that Brisbane won, to be honest. But the way that they did win, just anything that Freo tried to throw at them, Brisbane were all over. And yeah, it was a great win by them. Uh, good on them, and good luck to them. Yeah, most definitely. And in the other game, the Bombers defeated the Roos by 17 points. And that was awesome, that game, because there were so many goals scored. And there was a few games like that this round where there was, like, you know, both teams scored over 100 points. And isn't that just great to see? We, let's hope we get more games like that. We love the, the open space, free footy rather than congested, low-scoring rubbish. Yeah, look, the sort of footy we've been talking about for a while where uh, there, there are... Uh, team scoring goals, and it's, it's funny because I, I did the same thing that way as I was watching it. I was noticing the scores as well, thinking, oh, geez, a, a game with, with a lot of goals, two teams getting over 100. Yeah, this is the sort of thing we've been complaining about for quite a while. This, this is <laughs> great to watch it. And, and, and it was quite competitive 
to all the way through to, you know, the, the last few minutes of the game. Yeah, spot on. And let's hope that, you know, that's a turning point to see more games this year like that because I'm I'm sure 99% of the crowd want to see a high-scoring game rather than a low-scoring defensive game. Obviously, you know, they like to see close games as well, but, but yeah, no one wants to see a game where there's only, like, five goals scored each for the whole game. That's just, you know, that's like watching soccer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look, there's been some games that we've been involved in this year that have been a bit like that where you just sort of, uh, you kind of go, well, look, that wasn't great to watch. A uh, little bit defensive, but we'll, we'll take it and run. So uh, it's been happening, obviously, throughout the competition. But, uh, yeah, it was quite refreshing to see a game like that on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. Maybe it shows as well, Cam, that, Rather than going through and changing all these rules again, and I'm sure there's everyone's sick of all the rule changes, just leave the game as it is, let it evolve, and, and let's hope we can see more one-sided. Sorry, one, um, not one-sided. Uh, more open, you know, high-scoring contests like you know in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's good. Look, the only thing, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a few one-sided games on our part. Surely, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and in the other game as well, good one for Port as well. The Crows came from behind. They were down by 27 points in the third quarter. It looked like the season was all over, and to their credit, they came back and won that one by 10 points, doing us a favour, which they don't do too often, uh, because West Coast <laughs> um, are now equal on points with us. are only separated by a percentage. So Port's actually one game away from top, which is awesome, and we'll get to the latter in a moment. But, yeah, good to see the Crows doing us a favour for a change. You mentioned that. I was... I didn't actually watch the game. I was I was so conflicted, and um, I, I so I, I left it. And then at three quarter time, I actually put it on to watch, and suddenly the crows are coming back. I'm thinking this is so good, but I feel so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a bit the same. Because <laughs> here's a here's a funny story for you, Ken. Um, I do this thing with my friends every week where. We're in like a multi-group where you choose a game each and I happen to choose the Crows with a margin of minus 12.5, which means the Crows had to win by 12.5 or more for the people out there that don't understand how betting works. And in the end, the Crows won by 10 points and I was like halfway through the last quarter, I'm like, yeah, come on, Crows, win, win and win by more than three goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's right. So, oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> Look, the Crows were obviously down and out. Their backs were against the wall last week. Um, yeah, some interesting signs for the Eagles with some uh, big injuries, particularly to their forward line at the moment. So, Eagles are very vulnerable at the moment. Yeah, definitely. It's three in a row now they've lost after winning those 10 in a row to start the season off. So, yeah, but once you get those big names back into the side, Lacroix, Kennedy and Darling, I'm sure they'll still be pretty handy. So, even if they can sneak into a top four berth or even make the eight, yeah, I'm still still pretty skeptical about the Eagles. I reckon they'll be they'll be a pretty good side to, you know, yeah, they'll be a pretty good side come finals time if they can keep all those play or get all those players back um, because they're quality and and you know take you take those sort of quality forwards out of Port side. Say for example, you take out Dixon, Wingard, um, or Wingard's been playing the midfield. Maybe Dixon, Robbie Gray, and uh, Westy out of our side. He'd struggle a bit. So yeah. Don't even go there. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just using that as, as an example. So, yeah, no. It's um, taking your best players out does make a big difference, and and obviously, this, I know. yeah, this, let's not even 
think about that. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get to the ladder and uh, the Tigers are flying there, sitting top of the ladder on 44 points with 11 wins from their 13 games so far. And Collingwood sitting in second place on 40. Now, this is where it gets very interesting. West Coast are also on 40 points in third. Sydney in fourth on 40 points. And we're in fifth position in 40 points as well. So four teams on 40 points only separated by percentage. It's amazing how even it is at the top. Then you've got GWS in sixth. So they're six points behind us. So if Port keep on winning, then we're definitely going to be guaranteed a, a top five berth at least. So that's all we have to keep on doing. Um, and the Giants, are, as I mentioned before, they're without Cameron now for another four games. So... They might struggle a bit. Melbourne have really dropped down there. Seventh position on 32 points. And eighth is Geelong after they lost the Dogs. They make up the top eight. Now, this is, again, very interesting. The Roos are in ninth and the Hawks on in tenth, both on 32 points. So four teams on 32 points as well. What an unbelievable season we're having. And then it gets even again with the Adelaide Crows on 11th, 28 points, and Essendon 12th on 28 points. So it's just like, you know, you look at What's that? Second to 12, there's 12 points separating those two, those you know those sides, and then Brio's sitting on 24 points, so they're not completely out of it either. They're a couple of wins out of the top the top eight, and then obviously the Dogs 20 points, Saints in 15, 14 points, Gold Coast 16th on 12. Um, the Lions after their great win on the weekend are in 17th on eight points, and the Blues, who I reckon are a better side than that. We saw that on the weekend. They only had the one win this year against the Bombers there at the bottom of the ladder camp. So, yeah, obviously the last four sides and maybe the Dogs, you'd probably rule them out for the rest of the season in terms of finals. But Frio, if Frio can string a few together, they're still a finals chance. So it's a very exciting year. There's probably 13 teams that can make it. Yeah, I think we'd be getting a bit excited there. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly believe, who have we got uh, just sitting out? We've got... In ninth is North Melbourne, and then tenth is Hawthorne. Right? Yeah, it's spot on. Then you've got then you've got the cows in eleventh from twenty eight points. So yeah, yeah. I, I think when you're that far back this time of the year, you're, you're pretty well gone. Historically, teams don't the, the, the top eight doesn't change a lot from here. Now you're right though. There is some uh, there is definitely some potential further down the ladder, but I think. When you look at it, North Melbourne have a reasonable run. Um, they've dropped some games I actually thought they might win, so uh, they've they've sort of fallen out of a bit, fallen out of favour a little bit with me. I think if anyone else is going to jump into the eight, it will probably be Hawthorne, uh, yeah. likely to replace Melbourne. Yeah, that's a that's a fair call, I reckon. It's because the Giants are in sixth, yeah. sixth at the moment on thirty four points, but. Hmm. I looked at the Giants. Um, I look, had to actually write an article about this, and I talked about the Giants and whether they can play finals. And I actually had them down to win that game against the Hawks, but they've got some very tough games coming up against. From the top of yeah. my memory, they've got Port, they've got West Coast, and they've got some other um, really Richmond. good sides. Yeah, Richmond. So the Giants could potentially drop out, um, which would give them the reason the Hawks a chance. Hopefully, the Crows don't make it. That would be a disaster if they finish in the top eight, um, because. Yeah. I'd just hate to play them in a final, especially if they had their best team on the park. Um, yeah, it'd just be awful. Oh, so, <laughs> I, I think the Crows are gone. Look, I, I agree with you on GWS. I, I had looked at it a little while back. But 
where GWS give me a bit more confidence is the fact that they beat Hawthorne. So Hawthorne, I still think, are a tremendous side, and they obviously they beat us a few weeks back. Um, but you're right, just looking at it, GWS do have some tough games coming up, but I know they're, they're a pretty good side. Eventually they'll get Jeremy Cameron back, and it shouldn't be too bad for them. Um, yeah, as I say, I think maybe, maybe we overrated Melbourne for a little bit uh, coming up to now. And I think, uh, yeah, maybe, like I say, I think that probably the, the next chance might be Hawthorne. North Melbourne do have a reasonable run, but, um, yeah, they sort of seem to be dropping off the pace a little bit too. Yeah, you're right. And Melbourne's an interesting one, isn't it? Because when they beat the Crows, that was a, a magnificent win, but the Crows were missing a lot of players that day again. Um, and, you know, Melbourne did play really good footy, and they've, as it's happened in previous years, they've been talked up as a, you know, as a premiership favourite, blah, blah, blah. And, and just that expectations got to them. And I, I think people, yeah, people like sort of get, get ahead of themselves a little bit in footy and don't think outside the square. And Melbourne, whilst they were playing some really good footy, they hadn't really beat anyone other, well, the Crows obviously weren't in the eight at the time. And I, I don't think they'd really, they'd, they'd thrash Carlton, they'd beat the lower sides, but they hadn't really beaten anyone of a, of a big team. So, and obviously they got beaten by Collingwood on the Queen's birthday day. That was a big, big one for me because I reckon if they'd beaten the Pies, then that would have showed that they are a genuine contender. But the fact they lost to Collingwood by quite a margin, that shows me that Melbourne, yeah, I, I don't know, they're, they're definitely not going to pitch top four. And yeah, maybe they might miss the eight. Um, they might sneak in. But yeah, they're, give them, they're still a couple of years away, I think, from being a real, a real dangerous side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, they're probably a bit like what we were last year or so, uh, just kind of uh, finding their feet thereabouts. And, uh, yeah, look, they, they've definitely got uh, – there's definitely the hallmarks there for a side in the making. But, uh, yeah, they, they've – again, they, they've probably had their run, stressed themselves a bit, and, uh, it's yeah, they might just fall off a bit. The, the thing is, too, I mean, I, I rate Hawthorne as a team that will – Regardless of who they're playing, they'll, they'll will themselves to get over the line. And, you know, Alistair Clarkson will, will make sure that, uh, that, that the right things happen to, to give them the best chance. Yeah, that's right. I'm worried about them. I wouldn't want to play them in the final, that's for sure. So, but, um, <laughs> yes, but uh, we'll move on to Saturday's game, Cam, because Port Adelaide, as I mentioned before, at the start of the show, won by 21 points. And I actually think it was a good win. Now, some people think I'm stupid saying this, but if you consider it was 300th game of their club legend in Kate Simpson, the best number six that's ever played for Carlton before, and probably, yeah, in the team of their century, in my opinion, if you were to, to have one now. Um, you know, he's just been such a good quality player. And we saw on the weekend, I mean, the guy had 37 disposals, so he's clearly got another, at least another 100 or so games left in him. He's playing some great footy, and he hasn't had too many injuries as well, so he's been pretty lucky like that. And also had Mark Murphy into the side and Casbolt. Whilst Casbolt missed a few easy goals, um, he was a real, you know, he's, he's the heart and the soul of that side, especially their forward line. So pretty, two pretty handy inclusions. And young Pickett, he was a top five draft pick. He was the one that was um, taken from the Giants. And he played really well on Saturday too. So I think people didn't really take that into consideration. I, I know they lost Dale Thomas, but he hasn't been playing that well when he's starting to his past probably his best footy. So... When you consider that they have those inclusions and, you know, Kate Simpson's 300, they had all their legends there watching the game as well. There was just so much going 
for Carlton. And I think I was always worried about this game. When people were saying Port was going to win by 10 goals, I did not think that at all. And, and it showed, obviously, in then we were good enough to run, way, run away with it. And I'm actually taking a positive out of this game because previous years, we've actually lost to Carlton two times. The, the two times previous that we played them in Melbourne, once at the MCG and once at Eddie had. So the fact we actually ran away with the game and won by 21 points when we were playing at our 100% best, to me, that's a pretty good result. So I'll, I'll take that. What about yourself? Yeah, it was, it was a relief in the end. We'll take the four points. Um, I think, now, a lot of people were talking about it being a danger game throughout the week. I thought, now, come on, we're, we're a much better side than Carlton. But I've also looked at, now, Carlton, that, that's Carlton's seventh game at the MCG. And they've, they've beaten Essendon there. They lost really badly to Melbourne uh, not long ago by over 100 points, but all their other losses have been between 20 and 27 points there. There you so, go. That, yeah, they, they actually play well. Young Charlie Kernow oh. uh, was... I mean, how good was he? Yeah, he He's uh, amazing. <laughs> look, yeah, there's definitely star potential there. And I think as well sometimes with, with a side like Carlton, and particularly coming to this time of year, they can go out with a bit of a sense of nothing to lose, which yeah. can be really good for them. They, what, what, um, something I saw, so in the second quarter, our, we, we had the game on our terms, and we played it like we often do, particularly we had players pressuring the ball carrier. We had players lining up uh, around the flanks and, and, and deep wings, etc., to repel anything coming out of our forward line. And, and it was working well. But in the third quarter, Carlton seemed to turn that over a little bit. They managed to... Um, they were starting to run the ball out of defence, so breaking our wall a little bit. And um, they really sort of stepped up and, and they showed a lot of maturity in doing that. They also started being the ones who were putting the pressure on our players and were uh, making sense, making uh, space and running with the ball. So, yeah, look, they weren't that bad. And I think it's like that. Yeah, exactly right. And we, we're seeing how even the competition is at the moment with the Saints winning by two points on the weekend and the Dogs obviously winning by a couple of points and then, you know, Brisbane beating Frio. So... It's, there's no easy game in the AFL anymore. I know I know that we talked about Melbourne winning by over 100 points against the Blues, but the Blues are an inconsistent young side. But, yeah, you can't go into any game thinking you're going to flog a side because we saw against Brisbane earlier on in the year when Porto lost by five points. There's no doubt Port would have gone into that game confident and cocky, thinking, OK, we won a couple in a row here. We beat Sydney the week before. Um, we're going to get an easy 100-point win here against a side that no one's even knows half the players. But... You just can't do that in modern footy. No, and look, probably the good thing about it was a bit of a wake-up call too. So we only just beat Carlton. Well, you know, we, we, we beat them okay. We, we, when you think back on it, I mean, that we, we didn't really have our foot fully on the pedal for the whole game, and I think we really could have put them away. But it's good to see that, okay, they need to... Um, they need to do better against St Kilda, and it gave a few opportunities to see who's going to step up and uh, who, who needs to think about this spot. Yeah, 100%, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but we've talked about this bloke all year, and I, for one, have just absolutely wrapped to see him 
firstly getting a go for the power and doing such a great job. And he was superb down back. And I really hope he keeps his spot this week. I'll be absolutely spewing if he doesn't. And that's Jack Trengove. He was fantastic and definitely one of our best players. What do you think, Cam? Yeah, we've actually, and there is a question about this too. So, um, oh, great. Yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, good point. We, we've got a few, uh, few people on the line too, by the looks. But look, um, I was asked about Trengove on uh, radio show that, that I do on Saturday mornings, and uh, yeah, I, I pointed out that in the SNFL, he's comfortably our best fairest player so far, and he could probably almost play the rest of the season in the AFL side and still win our best and fairest in the SNFL. He was that far ahead. <laughs> um, he was, look, the thing is, he was a top pick for Melbourne, and he could play footy until he went to Melbourne. And he played 86 games for them, and he suffered the injury uh, and everything, so he had a lot of setbacks. And Hopefully, he's back at Port Adelaide and he's learned to play footy again. And I totally agree with you. I hope that he does keep his spot. We'll, we'll talk about spots. But, um, yeah, for mine, he he certainly stepped up, I think. He, he was pretty good for his first game at the side. Yeah, most definitely. I really hope he does keep his spot. Because, yeah, he was brilliant at Sturt before he went to the Ds. So he's a quality player. If he can stay injury-free, there's still a good couple of years left in Trengo. So... And he could be a very valuable part of our finals campaign this year with all his experience as well. So, yeah, let's hope that we keep on seeing good things from Jacko. And also, um, a couple of other guys we should mention. Chatty Wingard, I, th- I thought was our best player on Saturday. 24 disposals, two goals, six tackles, five inside 50s and four clearances. Pretty fair game by Chatty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, no, that, that's true. Actually, sorry, I was just reading. I know... Uh... Sorry, Porsche's listening, and I know how much she loves Melbourne. And uh, she was talking, she's talking about them falling apart, and, and I'm sure she's happy that Jack Trengo did well. So, uh, no, thanks for your contribution there, Porsche. Um, <laughs> yes, sorry, indeed. mate, who were we talking about there? Paddy, wasn't it? Oh, Chad, Chatty, Chatty Wingard. Oh, so, Chatty, Chatty, yeah, sorry. Yeah, because um, since he's gone Jack to the was, midfield, he's been awesome, hasn't he? Oh, look, his tackling pressure, his contested ball... His ability to obviously get the ball more now, and we don't rely on him as much to kick goals. Like it, it was often his forte that, all right, provided Chad was kicking goals, he was doing the right thing by the team. But now he's doing more of the uh, the midfield team stuff, which is making it easier further down the ground. So if you know the guys like Robbie and that could be kicking the goals. So um, I can't. Did he kick any on the weekend? Uh, he kicked two goals. Yeah. Two goals. Oh, he did. Oh, that's right. He did, I think, 24 disposals or something. So, yeah. um, you're right, though. This, this is the thing with him. He, he does, he's doing those team things. He's doing those contested things really well. And, I mean, we all know with Chad, he knows how to finish as well. So, um, yeah, tremendous effort from Chad. Speaking of another W that was really good, we've certainly got a lot of them. <laughs> Justin Westhoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he just keeps getting better and better with age like a red wine, doesn't he? Like, he was just... Brilliant on the weekend with 19 disposals, two goals and six marks. But I thought, I actually thought he would he almost had more of the footy than that. He was just so prominent. And he probably could have kicked, like, you know, a few more goals Well, he gave off a couple of missed, I think, one or two as well. So, yeah, he was brilliant. And, and we talk about Jonas winning our best and fairest this year, but I reckon Wesley's going to be right up there and a real chance to win it. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, without a doubt, he's in there. Surely he's in the top 
He has, which is just awesome, yeah. Yeah, so, um, oh, look, he's, you're right, he's just getting better with age. And now, I want to see him become a 300-game player for our club, if, if he can do it. I know he's, he's getting on, I mean, the, the race is against time, but, um, oh, look, Westy looks after himself, he puts in for the team. Look, I don't see why he couldn't. Yeah, I'd like to see the stats, actually, of, how many games he's played for in his career, um, minus, you know, in terms of, you see a lot of guys, we talked about Trango before, with his injury setbacks, and but Jacko's, Jacko, <laughs> Westy's played a lot of games, um, and hasn't, he's been pretty successful in terms of, uh, like, his games versus injuries, like, he's, um, like, yeah, his longevity is pretty good, so I reckon he could still play for a few more years. I, I would like to, I might actually look that up and talk about that next week, but, yeah, I'd like to see... He's one of those guys that's um, keep like a bit like a remember Sam Gibson that went to the Crows um, this year from the Roos. I think he played something like 140, 150 games in a row. But Westy doesn't seem to be missing many games at all. I reckon he'd be close to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh look, he, he was, he's played the 240. He's uh, 32. So a couple more years. He, if, if he looks after himself and uh, keeps doing what he's doing, he, he could probably uh, he could probably scrape through for the 300. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, just talking about the game as well on the weekend, some other good players. It was really good to see Paddy Ryder not just win the disposals, but actually win the ball around the ground as well. He had 14 disposals and five marks. So good to see Paddy getting a bit of the footy. And, yeah, you know, obviously he's so influential in the ruck, but to actually take marks around the ground, I think he had a couple of shots of goal as well. So that was really good to see as well, Ken. Yeah, it was. Look, um in that third quarter, uh, so he started to take some time off the field. In that third quarter, he, uh, Westy was rucking for a bit. And we, we were a little bit less effective uh, when Westy was rucking. So Paddy is very valuable, and, and I think there was some uh, management of his, of his Achilles. Yeah, you might as well do it as, as much as you can. Um, we need him at the end, the, yeah. the point into the, the season. So. And another one I really wanted to mention as well, because um, at the start of the year, and we halfway through the year, we talked about our recruits and that sort of thing, and you said this guy by the end of the year will be our best recruit, and he started to look very much like that. That's Tom Rockley. Had 29 disposals on the weekend, and his use was really good. He gets in there and gets to contest the ball, so he gets out to the runners like your Polex and these sort of guys. So, yeah, he was, he was really good, I thought, on the weekend. Yeah, once we got Rocky more onto the ball, uh, he really started to slide in and, and do what he does best. Uh, I think he, he kicked a goal on the weekend too. Yes. Um, so, look, he's a good in and under player. He can get the hard ball, and you're right, he, he knows what to do when he's got it. So, yeah, we, we've got some players like this. He, him and... Him and um, Guys like Ollie Wines and Sam Powell Pepper and that, even Bokey, they, they really complement each other with the way that they play footy that way. So Rocky's really, uh, he's, he's really just added that extra touch to our midfield, which has been great. Yeah, one thing I want to ask you about our midfield, uh, Evo was really good on the weekend, took a couple of really good overhead marks, and we know how good he is in the air. Um, some people have, I thought it's a bit unfair, but some people have been calling for Bokey to get dropped and that his form's been not as good as what it used to be, but a lot of people don't realise that 
he's now sort of not the number one midfielder that he was in the past because we've got all these guys like your Rockliffs, your Motlops, who goes in there and plays obviously down back as well. And then you've got Robert Gray that goes in there. You've got Wingard. You've got Sammy Gray that spends a bit of time in there. You've got so many options now in the midfield. Power Pepper, of course, and Wines. There's so many options now. So Bokey's almost um, almost more like a permanent forward now rather than a, a midfielder as such. So he's not going to have the influence on games that he used to. He still chips in with a goal or two and his leadership's so important. So I think he's doing his job and he's you can't drop your caps, surely. Okay, let, let me tell you about Bogey. He <laughs> is, uh, in his defence, he is uh, number four for contested possessions in our team. He's also, I think, number four for tackles. No, he's number five. He's also uh, in disposals, uh, quite similar too. In disposals, Bogey is number four. Um well, so, I mean, I don't know how much harder Bogey could work, <laughs> how much more he could lead as a captain with stats like that. Even in our metres, uh, scoring involvements, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how he goes in scoring involvements because he's also in our top, he's, he's one of our best players. Here we go for that, which is a very, very important stat. People have got to realise how much coaches actually follow this. Yeah. He's number four. <laughs> for scoring involvements. Jeez. Okay, where, where he lets himself down is he's one of he's number one for clangers. Oh yeah, could, um, he's kicking does let him so, down a bit. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So his disposal efficiency isn't great, but I don't know how much more he could lead the side with stats like that. Yeah, no, that so, that definitely shuts up all the critics for sure. That well, good good stats there, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try and convince me otherwise. Bogey is one of the best. So, yep. yeah, mate, let's, uh, let, let's hopefully put that one to bed. Yeah, definitely, and hopefully people are listening out there or can pass that on to the people that said Bogey should be dropped. <laughs> I saw something today. Someone goes, if he wasn't Skipper, he'd be dropped. And it's like, no way. There's no way you're going to drop Bogey. Nah, that's a nah. very stupid comment. Well, but <laughs> look, if I, was, if I was the coach, I would be saying to him, Bogey, Keep doing what you're doing because when you when he's, he's ranked like that in the team for some of those again that really hard work and a lot of those team uh, a lot of those team stats um, yeah do, do not underestimate what he's doing um, and and how he's going about it yeah exactly and another really good sign on the weekend once again um, probably doesn't didn't sort of kick as many goals as he did last year as you've talked about in the past camp but. One thing I've noticed about Charlie this year, um, he's still always up against um, two or three defenders and always up against the best defender every week. And what that means is he brings the ball to the ground for the crummers and he's also taking away the, the best defender, um, makes it a bit easier for the guys like Watson, Marshall and these blokes up in the forward line. So I think Charlie's um, starting to play some really good footy and obviously I'd like him to clunk a few more, but he showed on Saturday that he's starting to get back to the sort of form we saw him last year playing so well. And whilst he doesn't yeah, kick as many goals, I think he's starting to really play the role that Kenny wants him to. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, there's a lot of upside to Charlie. You've got to have him on the field, his, his presence and everything. But, God, he's frustrating me at the moment, mate. <laughs> at the start of the year, I, I sort of 
Oh, I, I thought, you know, he'll, he'll probably kick 50 goals for us this season or, you know, something like that again. I mentioned this a few weeks back, the way he played in that elimination final against the Eagles. But, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's just, he's not finishing well enough for me. And, and you know, look, I have noticed he's, he's sort of calmed himself down a little bit discipline-wise and everything. Yeah, I think he's probably going harder for the ball too, but I'd just love to see him go back and slot a few more goals for us, mate. But look, you're right. There's there's still enough, you know. There's still enough um, positives for, for for Charlie to to you know to to be quite valuable um, in the team. Yeah, most definitely, and and yeah, I'd love to see him kick a bag against the Saints, but. As we know, it's just all these days about everyone chipping in and playing their role. Pardon the puns of uh, sound like <laughs> one of those, um, yeah, one of those typical footy players one week at a time, whatever they say. But um, yeah, yeah. So no, it's uh, definitely going to be an interesting game against the Saints. Um, of course, the Saints, as I mentioned, people didn't hear earlier on. The Saints, of course, um, beating the D's by two points in a real surprise yesterday. So they're going to certainly be an interesting. Um, tough opponent to play against. They're a pretty good contested side. They've got lots of good midfielders. We know how good Jack Stephen is. Jack Billings is starting to play really well. They've got Jay Gresham up forward who chipped in with four goals yesterday and Tim Membry also four goals. So they've got a lot of good quality players. Um, Jakey Carlisle kept Tom McDonald pretty quiet, so Charlie Dixon and him would be a good battle on the weekend. Of course, um, I think Port's going to win, but... Can't go into this game being too complacent, though, Cam, because a bit like the Carlton one, the Saints are going to come out fired and they'll be looking for another upset. Yeah, look, hey, and actually on that, let's talk about on on the uh, on Big Footy, uh, a couple of questions. Well, a question here from um, Budget, looks like Bougie. <laughs> 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 I get that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, how do we fit DBJ back into the team? And, Good question. Uh, like Trango, but is he a midfielder down back? Um, so, so I guess going into this game uh, against the Saints, yes, I, I see us winning. But there are a couple of questions to be asked from this weekend that that lead in, you know, weekend just gone that lead into this game. DBJ, what what are your thoughts there, Bevo? Yeah, I was at the game yesterday between Port and Nord, and I don't. I don't feel as though he did enough to warrant getting his spot back. I think he still needs another week or two uh, in the reserves with, or with the Port Magpies. Um, if, I love DBJ. He's great, don't get me wrong, but I feel as though our defenders did enough on the weekend. And it would just be totally injustice if DBJ came back in and they dropped Trengove or something like that. Obviously, Jonas, I think, might come back in this week, but... I, yeah, I, don't, I think Pittard might be injured perhaps, but I really, I'd be spewing if Trengo loses his spot because he certainly doesn't deserve to get drops. And I think, yeah, DBJ, another week or two in the Maggies won't hurt him. I guess, um, yeah, the other one we'll talk about is uh, Jackie Watts and Todd Marshall. Can they both be in the same side? Does Marshall get dropped? Blah, blah, blah. Because we saw Marshall kick a couple of goals on the weekend at crucial times. I love the guy. I think he's great. He probably doesn't get enough of the footy. Some people say that as well, and some people calling for him to be dropped. But I know Kenny loves him, and I think I could see him playing well against the Saints and having a good game, especially if Dixon's up against Carlisle. That then leaves Marshall to one of the lesser defenders. So I think I could see Toddy going okay. Watts played right yesterday, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. I'd hate to be a coach. <laughs> what do you think, Ken? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um... 
Porsche reckons the Saints won't have two upsets in a row in them. Yeah, I tend to agree, Porsche. Look, I, you're sort of a bit on edge about it, given the way we've gone, but um, I tend to agree with that. Um, yeah. Look, I think, okay, uh, all right, I want to talk about DBJ. Uh, I think Pinard comes out of the side, and again, for, for a couple of reasons, I think DBJ offers more in disposals, he offers more in marks, he offers more in metres gained. Um, I'd actually prefer to see him back in the side. Okay. Uh, definitely not for Trengo, but probably more for Pittard. Well, because Jonas, now, if Jonas is fit though, would it, wouldn't it just be a straight swap then, Pittard for Jonas? Because Hobbs had to keep his spot, surely. I, I think that's a good point too. Now, that's something I'm grappling with because I see Hodge and um, Jonas as as being the straight swap there. So Hodge Jonas, DBJ Peter. That's harsh. Hodge was one of our best on the weekend, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 look, I know. Um, and and I see Todd Marshall out and Jack Watts in. Ooh. So look, if the thing is. If if Pittard's injured, it's easy. But at the moment, they're saying no injury concerns to speak of out of the weekend. Mm. Now, I do have to say again, I'm a bit uh, a bit torn here. All right, I want DBJ in the side because I think he's a better player than Pittard. Yep. And having said that, though, if he's out for disciplinary reasons. He's got to earn his spot, and he that's wasn't right. that good. Yeah, he that's, wasn't, yeah, he wasn't that good yesterday. I, I, I watched the game. That's my thoughts as well, Cam. That's why I reckon he needs another week or two in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. So does DBJ come back into the side um, as we talk about this? Okay, I came into the show thinking yes, uh, but I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced. What I am convinced of is I think Watts comes in for Marshall. I don't think there's there's any... I think Marshall just needs to go back to the SANFL and get some get some touch, get some form, get some confidence. Um, no problem there. He'll eventually be back. Yeah. But you hope he's in our best 22, Watts, don't you? Can they both play on the same side, though, Cam? That's a lot of people asking that question. What, Watts and Marshall? Yeah, they, they did at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually think they would they would be a real complement together in the side, but not right at the moment. I think when, I think Marshall's being carried a little bit. He kicked two goals, but you know very limited disposals. There's there's nothing he can do that Watts can't do that bit better. And I think a bit more touch, as I said, and a bit more confidence back in the SNFL. Get just. Yeah, do, do what we did with Rockcliffe. You know, do what we've done with Watts. Get, get him, you know, just just get his head right. Just get his head around it. Yeah, no, fair call. I definitely can't argue with that. So I do love Toddy and, um, yeah, probably... He hit those couple of goals in the weekend, but, yeah, he probably does need to do a bit more. And, and Watts has had a yep. couple of pretty... We had a really good best on ground performance against the, the other weekend. He kicked three... I think he had 18 touches and six marks just off the top of my head yeah. for the Maggies. Um, 
if I'm wrong, yeah. then apologies. This is all coming from the top of my head. So <laughs> uh, he could have kicked. He should have kicked four, I reckon. Though he missed an easy one that did cost us a bit in the third quarter. It really annoyed me. And um, actually, Jake Need was really good yesterday. Probably one of the best games I've seen Jake Need play for a very long time. He actually had 27 disposals, Cam, which is unlike Jake. Yeah. We're always talking about how his forward pressure is terrific and he's a great tackler. But to actually get that much of the ball was really good to see. And you know, let's hope he turns the needy turn the corner and we'll see more of that and he can get back in the AFL side. He he um, he got a lot, he got tackles. He got you know he, he had half all gets. He was um, he was on fire. Yeah. He got what twenty seven disposals or something. I think it was. Yeah, that's what and that's he, right. He was in yeah. everything. Yeah. There was there was him. There was him. There was Carl Amon. Tumpus um, as well. He's really good. Yeah, yeah, Tumpus. But um, look. Yeah, a player that we've forgotten a little bit about is um, Aidan Johnson. Yeah. Who could, who could potentially, I think, come in. Well, I think Sam Gray needs to pick up his game a little bit. Yeah. Because there are guys like Eamon and, and Johnson and even Don Barry who have a real opportunity. Now, Aidan Johnson, the last few games, he's, he's a little bit in and out, but, but you know, he's got good pace. Um, can be a bit inconsistent around goals and that sort of thing, but he's been going pretty hard in the games, in his last few games to the Magpies, and um, yeah, I, I think could certainly be, uh, needs to come back into conversation a little bit, I think. Yeah, most definitely, and another one I want to really talk about, because he's one of your favourites and one of mine as well, I just love watching this guy play. He doesn't have a, get a lot of the footy, but Geez, when he gets it, he loves to take guys on, and they can't. He does loves to don't, don't argue. He's like Dusty, and um, he is awesome. And I really hope, if it's not this year, it's next year that he gets a game for the power. And that's Emmanuel Era. He was, oh, I just love watching him play, Cam. He's awesome. <laughs> he, as I say every week, he, he reminds me of Jasper Dunn, and but he, he's growing in confidence, isn't he? Yeah. Every week you watch him play, I mean the. The amount of times he, he did it yesterday, did it the other week against Sturt. I mean, he does it every week, but he seems to be even more now taking them on. He burns a player and then goes for a run. The only thing is, at times, it's just his finishing. So um, once he does get free, it's like, oh, what do I do with the ball now? So <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, look, his decision-making needs a bit of work, but, hey, that's that's okay. You, you're quite right. Emmanuel, he, he really does have a guard. He's, he's Great to watch. He's sensational to watch, isn't he? Yeah, and some of the other guys I wanted to mention as well. I thought Billy Frampton played a really good game yesterday up against the monster in Boulderstone. I thought Frampton took a couple of grabs around the grounds, and I think he kicked one. I think he might have kicked a couple of goals, but um, he kicked one beyond 50 anyway, and that was really good. I thought he did a pretty good job for the Maggies. Um, I would have thought Boulderstone would have done a job all over Frampton, but um, you're right, Billy did kick a goal. And they were quite, as far as that contest went, it was reasonably even in the end. So stats-wise and everything, they weren't too far off each other. And I've noticed Frampton starting to do a lot more work. He's, he's actually having to do a lot more work in defence at the moment too, particularly with, say, no Eric McKenzie, no Jack Homsch. Um, he's spending a bit more time in defence and, and starting to bring more of that side of it into his game. So this year's really setting Billy up quite well, and I, I look forward to seeing him a bit more in the preseason next year. 
yeah, let's hope we can keep him and doesn't go back to Victoria because there might be some other clubs chasing him, perhaps, um, you know, being next Victorian and that. I don't think he's... I, I think he's still with us for a while, so... Um, oh, that's good. You know, I don't think there's any risk of him going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, awesome. That's good to hear, mate. Actually, I met a, I met a power man yesterday, a young guy who's on our list, unfortunately, he's done his shoulder... Could not meet a nice, oh. nicer bloke, Cam. Joel Garner. Joel Garner. Oh, Joel. Yeah, oh. I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say Joel Garner. He a- was, absolute he was, ripper. He was oh, absolutely sensational in the last game that he played for us as well. So before he did the shoulder, he was really starting to. Uh, again, he was another one who was coming. Yeah, he's he's just good defender, um, hard at it, strong. Um, yeah, like the way he was starting to develop and absolutely devastated that he's done the shoulder now because he was really starting to show something. But he was. Look, he's just a young bloke and, and, and he's got plenty plenty ahead of him and um, no, really good luck to him. I, I, I'm pretty excited about uh, his future. There's definitely something about the power. They definitely recruit good quality guys. I mean, I've spoken, yeah, now I met Joel yesterday. I've spoken to Kane Farrell and Sam Hayes, as I mentioned before, in the preseason and all just ripping guys and... And last year when I was producing the sports show, KG and Phil Smythe um, in Adelaide, some people might remember, called Midday Sport. And I got to chat to, you know, Todd Marshall and Billy Frampton. Again, just, just ripping guys. And Dan Houston as well. They're just all so down to earth. And so they definitely recruit quality people. And I don't, I think they do interview guys these days before they recruit them because the, the quality of the, guy, the players these days and how, you know, how friendly they are and how down to earth they are. And, how good they are in the media as well. They they do recruit quality people. Yeah, I look, they they do interview them pretty heavily. I find we get good access to them when they come over here to WA. And so whether it be uh, last year there was a big open training session, Subi Oval, or post game um, functions, and and they're always sort of out and about, mingling a little bit, and uh, they're just absolute ripping guys. And and obviously, you know. It's it's all about the kids and that sort of thing, and you know I've got a couple of kids and they'll be there getting autographs and photos and that. And uh, oh look, it, it makes me really really proud of these boys when you actually meet them and uh, and and see what they're like. So yeah, completely agree, mate. Yeah, now Joel's definitely one I'd I'd be happy to uh, yeah to see him again and give him a big high five and uh, yeah say good day. He's he's a legend. So now that was uh, that was awesome. I'd, for the people out there that are listening, I'd do a bit of stuff on 107.9 Life, and I was lucky enough to interview Jolie yesterday, and yeah, just a ripping lad. So yeah, well done to him and all the port recruiting oh. staff for getting him on board. So just thought I'll give well, you that. Why didn't, <laughs> why didn't you grab his Why didn't you grab his Skype number, and uh, we we could have had him on tonight, mate. Oh yeah, <laughs> I should have. But I think you're going to go through. I think you're going to go through the port footy club yes. and do that. So um, yeah, so no, I know for a fact it's not an easy. <laughs> but having said that, no, I do know Nort's pretty well the, the GM of Port, so I could try and tear that up yes. next time. I'm, next time I meet him, I'll say, "Can we get Joel on? He was a legend." So um, yeah, yeah he, he actually lives with Kane Farrell as well. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, no ripping, ripping lights. But yeah, it's definitely some exciting times uh, at the Maggies and the Power, and it's good to see. Yes, so Jared Leanett played a really good game as well. Um, you know, up against some some quality Nord footballers there. And, you know, it's a couple of really good contested grabs and in his first game back from a serious injury. So I don't know if he'll get back into the power side this year, but good to see him, you know, getting a game again. And, and Matty Broadband was another one. It was awesome seeing him out there. And whilst he didn't set the world on fire, 
just good to see him back in the in the Maggie's team, and hopefully we might see him later on the year in a power side. Perhaps see how things go, Ken. Yeah, you mentioned Jared Leonard there. He really stood out for me as, as someone. You know, look, we haven't seen him for a while, and uh, he look, he put in a really solid performance. Good, solid, honest performance yesterday. I thought he he stood out for me. Um, Will Snelling just just gets better, and you know he's a again he's he's another tough bloke. And uh, as as you said, Broadbent, good on him. Uh, great to see him back out there. Oh, look, I'll be surprised if he got a game for the power this year, to be honest, um, Broadbent. But um, it was good. He, he looked like he slotted into the side reasonably well, and it, it was good to see him out there yesterday. Yeah, most definitely. And I've just had a bench blank for the other one I was going to mention as well. Um, oh, <laughs> it will come, come to me, but... Um, Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. There was a young guy as well who played a really good game for us, kicked a couple of goals. He's a top-up player. Obviously, I don't have the record in front of me in terms of where he's from, but I know he's definitely not on our list, and he is a top-up player. His name's Jack Klusky. Uh, he's had some really good games oh, yeah. for us this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we get him on our rookie list next year, Cam, if we can fit him in there. Yeah, we talked about Klusky two weeks ago, didn't we? Um, number 60 for the Magpies. He, he yeah. stood out for me. He stood out for me, um, yeah, all, all season, Klusky. He is a top-up player. And, um, yeah, he's actually, I think, and, and I'll stand corrected here, and, and maybe we do some research or something, but I think he might have been from around Queensland or something like that. He may have even been on a part of a, a Suns or Giants development or something like that. Um, I'll... I'll Redo the research there uh, during the week. But, um, yeah, Koski is definitely, as far as top-up players, he's really um, shining. Yeah, it's great to see him. Yeah, let's hope he gets a rookie spot in the power side next year. Or um, if not, well, maybe another AFL club might pick him up. One side. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But, um, yeah, let's hope he stays in the power because he's can a gun. I, can I just jump in? Sorry, sorry to jump in. Yeah, he got 16 disposals and picked two goals yesterday. There you go. So he uh, and look, but but this is a this is a classy sign of kind of a game. Seven marks as well. So he, he really put in a good effort. And I think he certainly um, he has stood out for me as far as our top up players go. Apart from Summerton, um, Klusky is is probably the next best uh, non power player on our list. Yeah, definitely. As another guy as well. He's he's so little, but jeez, he has a crack. And that's young Strange. He's a strange, yeah. yeah, unfortunate surname, but I hate to have a surname like that. Imagine being <laughs> at high school with a surname like that, poor guy. But, no, he can definitely play footy as well, the little fella. I get him mixed up with Will Snelling. They look a bit similar, both little nuggety sort of fellas. <laughs> and, and look out for Davidson too. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, finding a bit of the ball too. Another, uh, another one of our top-up players who yeah. actually he, he gets in and under and does pretty well. So I... I quite like seeing him West runs around in the number 10 for the Magpies. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I've really been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Uh, he's sort of growing in stature each week, I find. Yeah, I guess what, we were both disappointed that we lost the Norwich yesterday, but we've spoken about this in the past. When you look at our side, it's a very young side, and they're still trying to learn um, the, the game style of, of Matty Lockin this year after Chad Corns last year, and then we've seen a lot of good players leave in the off-season, you know, we saw Archie go to West Coast and 
Jesse Palmer get dropped and Matty Loby and O'Shea going to Carlton and these sort of guys. So um, it takes, you know, there's a lot of good players coming out of the side. So it's always going to take a while to gel. And I think the future is pretty bright if we can keep most of these guys at the Magnets. I think next year will be pretty strong. This year we're two and a half games out now from the top five. So I think probably finals are out of reach, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, definitely let's hope the rest of the season we can get a couple of upsets and have a good end to the year at least. If we don't play finals, at least, you know, have a good finish. The game style has improved a little bit. You're quite right. And uh, it certainly started to put us in better stead. So when we were losing those games, we were losing them pretty pathetically uh, where there was a lot of chipping of the ball and going backwards and forwards and sideways and then basically just running into an opposition wall down the middle of the ground, turning it over with, with, you know, leaving pretty much the opposition's forward line open for them to score. Uh, I have, it, it does appear now that they're starting to bring a slightly slightly more direct game plan into it. They are going a bit longer uh, beyond half-back and down the centre. So I think that's helped our scoring a bit. And, and that's something that's, you know, that's a game plan that's, that's going to ultimately uh, going to work better for them. So, yeah, it's... Like so, we, we I think we we're number one or two for possessions in the SANFL, and I'm not surprised with all the chipping around that we were doing before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, we, we have started clearing it a bit longer from the fence, um, and we're we're getting it down the forward line, uh, sort of. <laughs> well, we, we we're getting to the forward line more efficiently, and we've also been fortunate enough to have some targets down there, missing a little bit of height. Yeah, I think we're really missing Sam Hayes down forward um, because he was starting to take some really good grabs and Laddams had a go. I don't think Laddams is a general forward. I think he's more of a ruckman. So I think that's the loss of Sam Hayes really hurt us because you can see yesterday we got the ball inside the 50 and Watsy would have a crack, but Laddams just didn't seem like a general forward to me and um, he was up against some pretty handy defenders as well, like, uh, Daniel Tully and his brother Michael was pretty damn good back there in Giorgio and Fuller yeah. and these sort of guys. So, yeah. Oh, um, Panos as well. And, yeah. Oh, look, they, they had some great players. But, uh, yeah, two metre Peter, Laddams. Yes. Um, this is certainly, he's a ruckman. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe they should swap him with France and put France in the full forward, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, well, they've done a bit of that. I think the whole idea is that Frampton's our next Ruckman and then um, Laddams is, is kind of next in line after Frampton. And and I think that makes sense too. There's, there's been a bit of work done with Frampton and he really, he looks like, he's not there yet, but he looks like he's starting to find his feet uh, as a Ruckman. Yeah, no, I reckon you're right, mate. Oh, well, some exciting times ahead anyway for the Maggies and the Power. Um, even if the Maggies don't play finals this year. But, um, mate, it's almost time to wrap it up. I reckon it's almost been an hour. This time flies when you're having fun. I reckon. Jeez, <laughs> we have been having fun. We have a few more issues we could have discussed, but, jeez, we, uh, we had a good time. We did indeed, mate. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks once again, mate, and uh, let's hope we can get the job done against the Saints and the Maggies can take it up to the Eagles. Maybe not beat them, but at least uh, put up a competitive effort again. Oh, no, look, uh, really looking forward to this week. Big thanks to uh, Ryan and Porsche and that for your, for your messages too. Yes, indeed. And, um, 
yeah, look, very much looking forward to. We've got uh, Magpies have got the Eagles this week and uh, Power have got the Saints. And so, look, I'm certainly going to strap myself in for a big one against the Saints this week. I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, it should be an exciting game and it's going to be great to see uh, see who steps up this week and, um, yeah, who, who, can, uh, who can sort of help fly the flag. And we'll see what happens to the selection as well, see how good we went with our coaching yep. A coaching hats on as well, Cam. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, you have a good week. And uh, thanks once again. And uh, thanks to the listeners out there. And thanks to the people, as you mentioned before, that participated. Love your work. And uh, go the power and go the Maggies. That's it. Come on, Port Adelaide. <laughs> See you, mate. See you, mate.